What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Once again, unfortunately, kind of life got in the way a little bit. Work schedules coming to you a little bit later than we wanted to. Normally, we're out Wednesday morning. This will be released Wednesday evening. Uh, immediately after we record, it will be edited and released quickly. Uh, but, you know, sometimes things happen and we, we do the best we all can. So, episode 131. Uh, kind of, you know, we thought we were going to have a hard time putting a show together, honestly. It's been kind of quiet on the sports front in the last week or so. But we found some we found some fun topics. Uh, you know, we got some Patrick Mahomes, wants to go undefeated. Who doesn't? Uh, lack of Julio Jones news. Uh, some And some baseball talk. But first... This is a rarity here. We don't talk much basketball, but Ben's got an update and an interesting story developing in the NBA. What you, what you got, Ben? Uh, so uh, the Celtics season ended le- yesterday uh, in fantastic fashion. And when I say fantastic, uh, they got trounced by the Nets and put out of their misery uh, four games to one. Yikes. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. I'll just put it that. And it, it's kind of funny that it's the Nets that put them away because as we go through what uh, what occurred, some of the history, recent history, should tell you that the Nets should be behind the Celtics. But uh, yesterday, this this morning, I woke up and around it was around actually it was around ten a.m. So I was wide wide awake at work, uh, and I got a notification that uh, a Danny Ainge president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics has stepped down and Brad Stevens, the head coach of the Boston Celtics will be taking his role as the president of basketball operations. That kind of comes out of nowhere, right? I mean, Danny Ainge has been president for seemingly forever. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, Even as a championship under his belt as, as GM or whatever they call it in basketball. I know owners have a different name too. Uh, So, I mean, this, was this a situation where they hadn't won in so long and he was kind of being forced out or, or was it just time for him to move on? Is there any indication as to why the sudden departure? So there's apparently there was um, a discussion after the trading deadline this year that Danny went to Danny age, went to the ownership and said, he wants to step down at the end of the season. That's reports. That's not from him. That's just reports. Um, I would say Danny Ainge is a proudful man and he hasn't won a championship since 2008. Hasn't been to the finals since 2010. And to give you context, he's been with the, been with the team as president or GM for 18 years. That's not counting his time as a player. Right. Uh, where I think he has two or three championships there as well. Uh, a lot of failed teams, a lot of failed experiments. And my, my, my thoughts from what I've read, opinions, it seems like he, they were going to have to, I don't know about set the re, push the reset button, but kind of reconstitute this team because it's just not a championship team right now. They have highly talented players, high first-round draft picks, but they still don't have the pieces together to formulate a championship. Some real talented players, especially the last couple of seasons. I mean, 
Absolutely. Tatum looks like one of the bright young stars in the game. I mean, it looks like he is. And you kind of figure you can build around him. You had Kyrie come in. Apparently, everybody found out 100% certain Kyrie's out of his damn mind. Uh, and he moved along and to whatever, to whatever planet he's from. Uh, and it's just been a lot of... I mean, they've had success. They've gotten in the playoffs, and they've had you know a decent number of wins each season. So I can't quite say it's like the the Browns or or Lions of the NBA because they actually have had some success. But I mean, not not when you have a historic organization like the Celtics. I mean, the Lakers have gone on good runs, and you've had like the Spurs go on good runs, and the Celtics had a couple decent years with KG, real good years where they were real threats. And after that, it's kind of like. Yeah, you're a threat until you kind of meet the cream of the crop, and then you know you, you really can't. It doesn't really hold water. Like you can't, you can't compete with the top two or three teams in the in the uh, conference. Right, and and in all fairness, they bit, pretty much went up against uh, LeBron James and just got stomped out. It's pretty much since about 2011. Uh, that would be the last last real time that. Uh, KG, Paul Pierce, um, Ray John Rondo, and kind of all of them were together. Ray, Ray Allen had already moved on to Miami, oddly enough. Um, that was really the last time that they put that team on the court, and LeBron kind of dismantled them. And I remember that game six where he just went into um, Titty Garden and just stomped them out. Uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. And since then – it's pretty much been anytime they went up against LeBron, it's just been getting stamped out. Now it's not even that. And what's funny is in 2013, uh, Danny made the huge move. They fleeced the nets. They sent, he sent Garnett Pierce, two players to the Brooklyn nets for five players. None of which are really important. Uh, three first-round picks, and the right to swap the 2017 first-round pick, which is interesting. And what did they get for that, Chris? Uh, 2017, um, was that Jason Tatum? Uh, so 2017 would have been Tatum. I only, know that you uh, told me, I only know that because you told me before we started recording. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Full disclosure. And 2016 was actually Jalen Brown. 2014 was Marcus Smart. And then 2018, that pick, plus three players in a second-round Miami Heat pick, was traded to Cleveland for the aforementioned Kyrie Irving. Okay. And that that with Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, was supposed to be the team to kind of push them over the edge. Oh, man, that Gordon Hayward thing did not work out at all. No, it didn't. Oh. And I would say, this is what I would say, to kind of put a button on Danny Ainge. Had Kyrie Irving not get injured at the end of that season, I'm not even counting Gordon Hayward because he got injured the first game of that season and they put him behind him. If Kyrie doesn't get injured that at the end of the season, there's a good chance they're at least in the in the finals, if not winning, because they were that good. And Kyrie oh, put yeah. them. I will not question Kyrie Irving's ability. Oh no, not at he's, all. No, he's the reason why they were first. Right, the first seed. In 2017-2018. Yep. But what happened was 2018-2019, Kyrie just mentally dismantled the team. And 
Now you're looking at the Brooklyn Nets that have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, God, how fragile the Eagles on that team, huh? My goodness. I know. Jesus. Uh, James Harden, who's as soft as they come, oh, especially yeah. defensively. And talented they, as hell, but oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah they have offensively super, just super talented, but woof, got some fragile egos there. Oh yeah, and, and that's the ir- irony there, Chris, is that the team that they fleeced in in 2013, eight years later, they're getting stomped out by, and at no point in between 2013 and 2021 did the Celtics have even a sniff of anything you would consider dominance in the Eastern conference. Yeah. Even having those draft picks and having position uh, with salary cap. And I guess the mistakes they made between Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker. And that brings me to Brad Stevens. If you look at Danny Ainge, he had a over 18 years, a 53% winning percentage overall. That's not counting playoffs. And then Brad Stevens over the past, it's crazy to say this, seven seasons he's been there. He has a 55% winning percentage. Hmm. But he doesn't have a conference win. Right. Much less an NBA championship appearance. So the question would, the question comes, why why did we make, I'm sorry, not we, why did they make this move? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. We're not going to be accused of being bandwagon fans here. When a team wins a championship, it's we. When they do something questionable, it can't be they. You got I'm trying. I'm trying to speak in the instance of the front office. Ryder Diamond. What would DMX think? DMX would, yes. Yeah, be very disappointed. Very disappointed. But I'm I'm trying to speak from the, um, the mindset of the ownership. If you want me to talk as a fan, I can talk as a fan, but it's a little rational. <laughs> fans usually are. I know the feeling. I, I, fans yeah. usually are. Um, but what and I'm if, speaking as one, so I'm not knocking anybody. I myself, I'm guilty of that too. But looking at the looking at it on the outside, Chris, and you are way on the outside of this. You look at this situation. Head coach takes over for the president of ba- basketball operations. Yep. And one had the. The one on the way out hasn't won in a while, and the one on the way in has not won as a head coach. What does that tell you? Well, um, I mean, it's 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 tough without knowing like the internal dynamics, which we wouldn't anyways. We're not insiders. Uh, from the the angel leaving standpoint, you could see that as okay. He hasn't won in a while. Um, maybe management came to him and said, look, we're going to need to move on. Um, you're absolutely can call it a resignation or retiring or you moving on. We're not trying to embarrass you. Uh, and then maybe Stevens coming up might mean, Hey, we like your basketball mind. We think you can help this organization in other ways. But, um, as far as head coaching goes, uh, we think we need to find a new one, uh, or maybe, Maybe it wasn't even the fact they didn't want him as head coach. Maybe the position was open and they do like him and said, hey, look, we'd like you to move in this position if you're willing to and we'll find a new head coach. Maybe that's Steven's next natural progression. I mean, it's kind of different. You don't see it a lot in other sports where a guy will go from uh, coach to essentially GM 
that just doesn't I, I can't think of the last time it actually happens this is that's kind of one of the reasons we're discussing this right now is because it's it's not a common thing sometimes player to gm like you know john elway um uh john lynch uh things of that nature a lot of really good uh, especially catchers uh, become really good managers in uh in, in mlb or minor league systems but to go from uh head coach right into the gm especially on the same team that's uh, not a common occurrence uh, so I would have to say from Ainge, maybe it was a, hey, you know, you're going to call it a resignation. And Brad Stevens was probably offered a job and took it. Uh, so I, I don't know. Again, this is from someone who doesn't follow basketball much anymore. I used to love watching the NBA. I used to love, love, love college basketball. But as I said many times, when they kind of had that, you only have to play one year in, the, in college before you can move on to the NBA thing. It was really hard to get behind college teams, get behind college players when there was so much turnover. So I just kind of lost interest for me personally. Uh, but um, yeah, from the outside looking in, that's, that's kind of what I would, I would assume the situation is. So I look at it from this and obviously I have a little more knowledge as far as you know, uh, what's going on. It's a player's league. I, I, I don't think you can, you dispute that. No, right? not at all. I'd agree with that. Yeah. It, it, on the, on the spectrum of, of, of players leagues uh i think nba is at the extreme one end yes and one could argue it's probably all the way at the other end for the nfl yep um they're trying to make it more uh well the the union is trying to make it more i don't know if that's working good luck getting through uncle roger um but i think part of it steven's moving to the role is are are they closing him out? Are they not listening to him? Are they shutting him shutting down to his coaching? Um, and then the other part of that is he did just sign a six year deal, I believe, last off season. So that actually might have might have a lot to do with it also because they could be saying, well, maybe we move on from both, but we just signed this guy, so we're going to be paying him a lot of money. We don't really hate his basketball mind, so let's move him into this role and get somebody else to coach the team. With that, with that context, that does kind of change my view a little bit. So I'm glad you said that because was kind of throwing darts in the dark there. I, I think it's fair to have that assumption when you have no context of it. Uh, it it's interesting that um, there's a lot of names being thrown around. It seems like it's a lot of ex basketball players, recent ones. Um, I don't want to put any names out there right now because uh, I, I don't know who they're going to pick. They could take a month, two months if they really wanted to. Uh, I think the only reason why we brought this up is just interesting dynamic, as you put out. It's, it is rare. I have I do know of a coach, uh, Lawrence Frank. He was a coach at one point, and he took the GM role with the Clippers a few okay. years back. But – he was a coach for another team. Oh, okay, yeah, same and team's got to be rare. The instance you're talking about, I I cannot even think no of an instance where a coach took over as GM. Uh, Parcells, no. 
Uh, but did, was he actually GM or was he just like special assistant to the GM? I see, that's the that's the I, I don't, thing about the tuna, man. It's yeah, I don't think he actually was the official like actual GM. I think he was like uh you know like oh, you know how they bring in like a big name, good football mind, and be like oh you're you just pretty much create a position and give them a bunch of money just so they're just so they can kind of pick their brain about all the football topics they want to talk about. Um, I, I don't know if he was that or the actual GM, but that that would be the only instance i can think of honestly so uh, i mean obviously it's a, it's a different situ- it's a different situation like a bill o'brien where he's head coach and gm we're talking about somebody being solely one position and then immediately moving into the higher position well higher quote whatever your goals are right. uh into that other position being the gm immediately and leaving behind the other position i can't think of another case of that uh, and it's just interesting um and I think the prestige of, of the Celtics uh, will warrant someone to come want to come in and, and coach Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and and whatever other pieces they can bring together. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight uphill because you know even though LeBron James is in the Western Conference and he's starting to see the twilight for now. This, well, I'm be honest, Chris. The days of LeBron James putting a team on his shoulder, I think, are done. Uh, he dude's, been doing, lost... dude's been doing it a long time, man. I so, know, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, he's got to be getting towards the end. But he, I think they're one game from losing uh, in the uh, semi semifinals or the, or the first. No, they're in the first round. I think he's one game from losing. They lost Antonio Davis, Anthony Davis, for the, I think, the rest of the series. Um that hurts. And he's I, – I would say he's the primary reason why they won last year. Yeah. I mean, LeBron helps, but – Sure. Uh, I think the days of LeBron carrying a team and, – and to my greater point, when the big dog starts to go onto the pasture – it's those other ones you that are, come along. Really, really mixing, really mixing analogies here, but please continue. Please continue. But but enjoy it for what it is, Chris. Sure. But I think uh, he has single-handedly been pulling the uh, talent towards him because you have to play so much better to beat him mm-hmm. that when he walks away, it's going to be tough sledding no matter what. Hey, anytime, anytime a generational talent star player leaves a team, whether it's the NBA where there's five guys in the court at once, or baseball where there's nine, um, obviously football even with eleven on, on on the field, one player of that caliber can make a massive impact. Look, we saw how much even with a great coach at Belichick losing Brady affected the team last year. Yeah, they were seven to nine, and and, and they could have been better if a few things went different way, but. They certainly weren't what they were with Brady, right? So, I mean, we you know we've seen them <laughs> see it all the time in, in sports. So, I mean, it took you know David Ortiz with the Sox. I mean, they had talent on offense, but I mean that lineup it, it took a while without David Ortiz sitting there in the three hole. You know, <laughs> okay, how are we going to arrange this lineup for it to work? And I remember so many different lineups throughout the course of that first year after he retired. So, I mean, a, a great player gets you know they get they get everything they get from the team for a reason like there's a reason guys like Patrick Mahomes are making the money they're making and I say it every time I'm I'm gonna broken record this I understand sports money is ridiculous and it's all monopoly money I'm speaking in that context 
Um, but are you good with that topic? Can we, can we move on to Patrick Mahomes? Are you all set? Uh, I think you were going to make a good segue. I was. So I don't make sure. I didn't want to cut you off there if you had cut your legs no, off. No, if you no. had anything you wanted to uh, get to. But Patrick Mahomes, uh, I mean. I think we're good. I think we can agree. One of the greatest players in the league currently. Um, looks to be, if everything continues on the same pace, one of the all-time greats, future Hall of Famer. Um, once they go 20 and 0. People, people talk. People apparently it came up because people were talking about all the records he could break if he keeps up on his pace, and the amount of records he could break are ridiculous. I mean, stays relatively injury free and keeps going the way he's going. Uh, he will shatter just about every QB record imaginable in, in the positive uh, spectrum of records. Um, that's a lot of what ifs and a lot of time in between. So we'll see what happens there. But he says the only record he cares about. Is having that elusive undefeated season, going twenty and zero. Now the Dolphins had an undefeated season in seventy two. Wasn't a sixteen game schedule at that point. Now it's seventeen games. Now they've added an extra game to it, so it's even harder. An extra game passed what the Patriots did in 07. 07 or 08? 07, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where they you know had the 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 grandest of choke jobs in the Super Bowl to prevent them from being the undefeated nineteen and zero team. They Sought out to be, uh, but Mahomes wants to go twenty and zero. Uh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> you may want to if you're looking at records, buddy. You may want to start looking at a few other ones because that's about as uh, even just being twenty games. It's about as elusive record as you're going to find in sports. Um, I mean, you add into the fact of how much money they had to spend to keep him there. Yeah, they have a good defense right now. Yeah, their offense is rolling. We know how this works. You sign that massive contract, and Russell Wilson's already feeling that pinch. Aaron Rodgers is feeling that pinch. Even if he didn't, he'd still complain about something. Got to add that in there for all my people. I I, I anger with uh, my Rodgers takes. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and Mahomes will find that out too. Unfortunately for him. Yeah, you, you got that big franchise QB money, but the team can only kind of move money around for so long and make everything work. Yeah, they got Chris Jones, they re-signed Kelsey. That's great for the next, I don't know, two, three years. It'll be on easy street. They can make that money work. They can maneuver it around. It's going to get to a point, though, when Mahomes is making $30, 40000000 a year, 45 maybe even upwards, depending how his bonuses shake out, where the team's not going to be able to afford anybody in free agency. He's going to have to work with whatever they can bring in, whatever they can afford. So if you're looking to go 20 and 0, Patrick, unless you want to take a massive pay cut, dude, uh, you better hope either the salary cap goes up exponentially every year for the next couple of years, or uh, you do it within the next few years when you have all this talent around you. Otherwise, it's going to get really, really tricky. It's it's just a it, it's a tough fight uphill to begin with. To do it. And now you're putting it out there that you want to do it. And I just think, man, like you said, there's other records you can go for. And no one's going to crap on you for it. If he said they wanted the single season touchdown record, I'd say, yeah, go for it. That's absolutely doable. All-time record for touchdowns? He'll blow that out of the water before you know it. This one? This one's not one person. This is not two people. This is – this is 50-plus players, coaches, head coach, 
coordinators, front office, everyone clicking on all cylinders. And even when that's happening and you have the perfect opponent in the Super Bowl, you still have to go out and accomplish. And I just don't think they can pull it off because you saw what the Patriots did in 07. They had the team offensively, Mm -hmm. defensively, special teams, coaching, everything. All the boxes were checked. They met the right team on the right day and they got, and they, they, they got caught. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough break that that happened and you see a lot, you see a lot of one win teams and two win teams, but I'm sorry, one loss teams and two lost teams. You do see one and two lost teams. You absolutely do. Or win teams. Sure. But what I'm trying to say is this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is an enormous hill to climb. And I, I don't think this is one he wants to really tackle uh, with a- any great concentration because you have an intricate offense that you run. And as you pointed out, a lot of money to one person. So you need to be worried, more worried about being on cue with your wide receivers that you're bringing, your tight ends, your running backs that maybe you change out every two years. And not to mention your defense that needs to get paid too. Tyron Matthew wants a contract extension. I don't see that happening. No, there's no way. All right, so just just for the sake of – we're not going to spend too, too long on this. We're going to move on to our our Julio Jones, I quote, news, I guess. Uh, But which team, if any team, just just assume one team is going to go undefeated this year. Okay. In your mind, based on how the structure of the team is currently, which team would have the best chance of going undefeated? I have my answer already. I got to say, and it's weird to say this, it's got to be the Dallas Cowboys. What? <laughs> please. Here's, I, here's I wasn't, the logic. We weren't going to deep dive on this, but I, okay, please explain. Here's the logic. Uh, I believe they were third place in the division, correct? Yes, yeah, so in the worst division in NFL history, yes. But they were third place, right? Yes. They get a third place schedule. They play the NFC least. So they get five, six games against in that division against terrible opponents. They'll probably have two or three tough games this year. And they have Dak back. Um, I mean, you tell me the team other than the Chiefs, I thought we were uh, make, uh, removing the obvious. Oh, no, no. I said any team. I mean, I, I'm. So you want to remove the Chiefs from this? I think remove the Chiefs from this. It's. If we're moving the Chiefs, I think it's the Cowboys. But you tell me. Okay. Uh, well, you threw me off there. I didn't expect the Chiefs. Oh, so. I, thought, I thought it was the obvious. No, no, no. That's I fine. That's fine, man. Obvious out of- Hold on. I no problem with that. No problem. Well, because the Chiefs were. Look, <laughs> I know you said have them focus on something else, but the, the, the fact of the matter is Patrick Mahomes is not a normal player. Uh, as we've seen, the dude special. And any any time anybody tries to come with any kind of point as to why he isn't, he they just look stupid. So right. <laughs> there's no he is I don't care that he lost the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. He's lost three Super Bowls. How long has he's uh, been in the league so for three years, right? This is going into year four? 
or five. Yeah, this will be year four. Yeah, because year two, we, they won the Super Bowl. No, no. So, year two, they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Year three, they won. Year four, he's going to year five now. Right. So, yeah. Four years of the league, he's been in the Super Bowl twice. And won one, lost one. He has an MVP. Like, he's got some Tom Brady stats going on right now. But. Oh, I have the perfect, I- I- perfect answer. Perfect answer. Go ahead. Uh, if I had to choose right now, besides besides the Chiefs, besides the Chiefs, besides the Chiefs, if this quarterback continues to progress the way he has, from two years ago to last year, and last year to this year, continues oh, to I progress know. the way he has, you know exactly know. where I'm going with this. You know exactly where I'm going. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly where I'm going with this. Sorry, guys, I lost my train of thought. There's a firework or something going on outside, and the defense is really good. The running game needs to come around a little bit. The receivers are there, and they're only going to get better. Who has it been? Uh, it's the Buffalo Bills. It is the Buffalo Bills. If any team, but I don't think any team will. I'm not going to say ever. I don't just. I just don't think any team. I think the league is so good right now. It's not going to happen. Even a bad team is going to be competitive. It's the NFL. I mean, there's no jokes in the NFL. I know. Insert Detroit here. I get it. The joke. But they still got talent, though, man. They still have talent. And even, look, those are 53 of the best players on the face of the earth, even though, as an organization, they haven't had great history. Those are still 53 NFL caliber players most Sundays. But if I had to choose a team besides the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who had a shot to go undefeated, it would be Josh Allen and the Buffalo Pills. I don't think it'll happen. I think even with all the additions the Patriots have made this year, uh, you know, Miami took massive leaps last year over where they were two years ago. Buffalo did as well. Josh Allen's going to be an MVP candidate as long as he stays healthy. That's going to be the Jets or the Jets. Uh, we don't know. It's hard to tell. It, you know, depends on what Zach Wilson ends up being. I mean, especially in a rookie year. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be, I think it's Buffalo's the division to lose still. Uh, I think the Patriots and, and Dolphins have the ability to keep it close, but when it's not what the discussion right now, but yeah, Allen and the Bills. Um, all right. Julio Jones, we came to you last week, and the consensus amongst everybody was Julio Jones was either going to be traded to the New England Patriots or the Tennessee Titans. Right. It was a lock. One of those two teams was going to send a first-round pick, a second round pick and and other you know supplementary picks right. to the Falcons to get uh, to get Jones. I had actually said I think it'll be a post June first trade simply because uh, money just works differently post June first, and other and teams can actually kind of maneuver other things around to make it work. Even if they're over the cap, they can make it work. Uh, so that whether they waited or not intentionally or it's just how it's worked out, here we are. As you're recording this on June 2nd, Julio Jones is still an Atlanta Falcon. Uh, as these things tend to go, he'll probably be traded five minutes after we stop recording. Uh, but, uh, like, now you're seeing Julio Jones might go here. Julio Jones might go there. So it went from New England and Tennessee were a lock. It was narrowed down to them to why the Cowboys might need Julio Jones, why the Chargers would want Julio Jones. Look, Every single team in the league would want Julio Jones. Right. Even at, even, even though he's not in the elite prime of his career, 
this man is still super talented. He can still contribute without a problem. He's tough. He's missed very few games compared to how often he's, you know, banged up. Uh, every team would want him. Uh, this, to me, is just a clear case of nobody knowing what the hell they're talking about. This is a clear case of, I heard this, I heard that, he's going to go here, he's going to go there. Within the last 48 hours, reports have ranged from Atlanta will trade him for a second-round pick or less to teams aren't interested in paying Atlanta's asking price. It could be multiple first-round picks. And by the way, by the way, different author, same site both these reports are from. So it's literally just throwing a dartboard in the, throwing a dart at a dartboard in the dark and hoping it sticks. I mean, it's essentially uh, you're a South Park fan, the South Park where they were trying to figure out how the economy works. Yeah. And all the politicians sit in a room with the roulette wheel and they cut the chicken's head off and wherever it landed. Oh, that's what we're doing now. This is essentially what these reporters and stuff are doing with Julio Jones. I do believe he'll be traded. Uh, I have no idea where. I'm not an insider. We're fans just like you. And we, you know, we do try to give you our best educated guesses. Love to see him in New England. Just because, I mean, I've always been a fan of his. Have no idea if that'll happen. Um, every team at one point or another in the last week has had a trade in place for post-June 1st. Here we are late in the day on June 2nd, and you've heard nothing. Literally nothing. So, uh, it appears... That's the not update update on the Julio Jones situation. I'll just I'll just say this, Chris. Um, the only reason why I think he'll be traded is because of what he said. Because he came out and said on Undisputed that he's out of there. That's the only reason why. Right. None of these reports mean anything, like you said. But the only thing that means anything is whenever you hear a player say. I want to be traded or I'm out or anything in that context that tells you that player will be out. You know, the, the head coach says, we'll see if he shows up for mini camp. He ain't going to show up for mini camp. He is going to be traded. It's just a matter of how much the Falcons are willing to accept. And every moment they don't trade him, it's diminished returns. Yes. Okay, if it gets into August, it's going to be diminished returns. If it gets into September and games start clicking off, it's diminished returns because now you have less games. You want to maximize Julio Jones. As soon as he came out and said he's out, that should have been a clear indication. Okay, the clock is ticking. We've passed the draft. We now need to make this move happen as soon as possible and as soon as possible should be today should have been yesterday should be tomorrow it should be at some time this month because once mini camp starts and training camp starts and you start into the preseason games it's diminished returns you need him in this playbook as soon as possible so this is the time to make the move atlanta make the trade and so Julio can move on with his season and career and you can move on with your re- rebuilding however you're going to do it I I do firmly agree just real quick uh if I didn't if I kind of made it that confusing I firmly I firmly agree he will 100% be traded uh I just don't I like you I have no idea where uh and it's 
Atlanta can't not trade him. Not even just because of the cap. They're going to spend that money anyways. But they want to try to be competitive again without a complete rebuild. They're going to have to have established players in key positions for when they bring that next quarterback in. Because I don't really see them landing. You know, they're not going to go trade for Aaron Rodgers. And even if they did, Rodgers is, you know, getting up there in age also. So he's not necessarily the long-term answer. They're going to have to draft a quarterback. And they're going to, you know, they have Calvin Ridley. They have um, uh, oh, uh, Kyle Pitts now, who, you know, whatever, however he works out in the league. Looks like he will be good. Who knows? But they're going to need those guys in place. And they're going to need other draft picks to to, to, to fill holes, uh, that affordable holes around those star players when they bring a young quarterback in. So they're not just, you know, they don't go through a couple of really losing miserable seasons to rebuild. Um, so whether that works or not, it completely depends on how the draft picks work out. But that would be the goal for me. If I was the GM, uh, he'd definitely be moved just because I don't mean any disrespect by this. He's not the future of the team, but all right, I was gonna we we're gonna get into something different on baseball, but I think we're gonna switch to the last story since we're talking okay. about trades and and you know returns on trades. Uh, Mookie Betts trade, um, and, and I was kind of having some trouble searching for things for this rundown for this episode, like I said, and uh, I clicked on Google to look something up, and, and they had right there a story about how the Mookie Betts trade may not be as one sided as once believed. Um, I know it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction to him having a down year. It's <laughs> less than or six, seven months after he and the Dodgers won the World Series. Uh, and I know, short in season, whatever. However, they are the 2020 World Series champions. So they will get that They will get that title in that respect because they are, in fact, that. Um, so uh, this is way too early to have definitive results. These are just talking points, by the way. I think Mookie's a great player. Uh, I was sad to see him go from Boston. However, after seeing a lot of big money contracts the last decade or so, I was very... I don't want to say relieved because if they had signed him, I wouldn't have been upset, but I just don't think a team that's trying to rebuild with young players who knows they're going to have big contracts coming up. Uh, I mean, do you want to sign one Mookie Betts or would you rather sign Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, and maybe one of your young pitchers, the three of them or one Mookie Betts? I got to go with the three instead of the one. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I, was not as angry about the trade as most people. I uh, was not crazy about getting Verdugo in return for some off-the-field issues he has had. You and I very much agree on that, I know for sure. Um, on the field, however, right now, Betts is not having a great year. He's having a down season. He's having some injury issues this year. He's not the defensive player he has, but he's a former five-time Gold Glove winner. He is not... Uh, not living up to that right now. Uh, and he also kind of had some injuries throughout his time in Boston. Nothing dramatic, nothing huge, but he had some injuries, some nagging stuff here and there. Maybe this is a case of a really talented player, almost like a Dustin Pedroia, ironically enough, where, man, when they were they were on, they were a fireball. They were incredible. They were just fun to watch in every aspect of the game. But, man, it goes out really quick. And... I'm not saying it's going to be Mookie, 
Dude's only 28. He could go on and have an incredible career, play 10 more years, and be phenomenal. First ballot Hall of Famer, MVP winner. Who knows? He has the talent to do it. We know that. Uh, this is, like I said, this is just a talking point, kind of just bringing up some interesting things about the trade. Um, you know, and, and as as I wrote here on the rundown, as fans, we like to pretend we know everything. Everybody knew last year. Everybody knew when they traded Mookie Betts they were making a mistake. It was the worst thing they could have done. The organization was doomed. You know, doom and gloom is as much a part of Boston as dumping tea in the harbor. So, I mean, it's it's just it's how it goes. You can win the World Series and three days later we're miserable again. It's just how the area is. Um, you know, but is it possible? And I'm not trying to be Captain Hindsight here. Is it possible the Red Sox could have seen something, whether it be with his, you know, nagging injuries or just the way he played or I don't know, anything that could have been an indicator they did not want to give him what he wanted? Because I know there were reports they offered him 10 for 300, but those are reports from Mookie Betts, not the team. From the team, you haven't heard anything, I don't believe, as far as any formal offer goes. It seems like this was the plan the entire time was to trade him if they couldn't get a hometown discount. So, I mean, could they have seen something that we didn't as fans? Uh, It's possible, Chris. And I think if your measuring stick on this uh, for the trade is whether one side wins a championship or not, if that's your measuring stick, then obviously the Dodgers have already checked that box. So they already have the win if that's your mindset. Now, if you want to deep dive into it a little bit more and what's the long-term success for each team as each player or players move on with their career, then it's yet to be seen. If it's the production level, then again, that's yet to be seen. If it's a Hall of Fame career or if it's awards, again, that's all wait to see what happens in the end. I think, I think the jump to conclusion was after they won the series is okay. They checked the box. They got the better player and they won the world series. That checks all the boxes, Chris. It'd be like if, if the Celtics, when they traded for Kyrie, they traded him. And that following season, they won the champ. That season right there, they won the championship. Even though they give up a first round pick, uh, some players to get Kyrie Irving. Oh, they won. They checked the box. They they won the championship. So by default, right? They won. It's like you can't measure yeah. that way. It's not that kind and of dry. You have to wait until all the pieces uh, fall apart. You know. Uh, with the with the Kyrie Irving trade, you're still waiting for. I know you're not going to know this name. You're waiting for Colin Sexton, who was the first round pick uh, from the from the Nets pick that went to the Celtics, that went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're still waiting to see what he produces as. And it's three years later, and the, the Cavaliers haven't really gone anywhere. So that in that instance, the whole situation might have just been a wash. Because the Celtics didn't get anything for Kyrie when he when he went to the Nets, it was a straight up free agent signing. Right. So there was nothing there. So that's why I say you wait until 
the whole thing and is completely at its end when when Mookie Betts is done with his career, done with the contract, or is traded, when Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, when they're when when we figured out their career and what their high points were, that's when we can look at it and say, okay, let's look at all the boxes. Who has more checks? The Dodgers or the Red Sox in just a situation. If you if you're talking about it right now, it's still the Dodgers. But in three, four years down the road, it could be a different story. So that's why I like to, I like to wait until more information, no matter what I'm talking about. I like to have more information because then I can make a better assessment of the results. So whatever whatever the case may be. And I just think for this, it's too early to tell, to, to decide who won the Mookie Betts trade. That is absolutely fair enough. Uh, like I said, we're less than a year and a half in, and everybody involved, with the exception of David Price, he's probably on the back end of his career. He is 35. Uh, and as far as we know, he's being paid $30 million to be a opener slash reliever. So again, like you said before we started recording, this is the second time in a decade, essentially, that the char- the, uh, the Chargers, that the Dodgers uh, pretty much took a massive contract off the Red Sox hands and um, left them in a better financial spot. So thanks for that, L.A. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you know, Verdugo looks on the field to be a very, very good player. Jeter Downs is, you know, he's only 22, 38 on the one, top 100 prospect list and moving up. Um, so... That's promising. Connor Wong plays just about every position on the field besides pitcher. Very versatile. Wherever that brings him, uh, wherever that brings him in the majors, who knows? But it's not like the Red Sox, um, you know. Now that they got complete trash in return, so oh, this, this is, is this is, I think, going to be a little bit less one sided, but it's over than people think it is. Can I just point out uh, Connor Wong? I don't know much about the kid. Okay. But this is what I'll say. I see how you put you put he's young, versatile catcher, and you just pointed out he's played every position except for pitcher. Let me bring up a name, Chris, and I want you to think of of what 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 kind of a feeling you get from this name. Okay, Blake Swihart. Ooh. Uh, what could what could have been? Yeah, but what happened there? They tried to get too cute. They yep. wanted to get his offensive bat in the game. Yep. And they said, oh, go play left field because you've done that a lot. And look what happened. I think he broke his hand and then he got traded eventually to Arizona. And now he's. He wasn't even ready to be a pro at that point. But they wanted it. He was doing good in the minors and they wanted him up. And yeah. So, I mean, like I said, Downs is 22. Wong is 25. Uh, Verdugo, I believe, is also 25. Verdugo is obviously in the pros. Uh, Downs will probably be up. Um, they already Sox already have a shortstop. They're quite happy with. So I think I think when Downs comes up, he'll be a second baseman, uh, especially since he doesn't have any competition with Pedroia there anymore. Uh, and yeah, hopefully they don't swihart Wong. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, I just wanted to you know thought that'd be kind of fun to break down and talk about. That was one of the bigger trades of last MLB offseason. So all right, uh, today. 
being June 2nd, most games already occurred by the time people hear this. Um, just about every game will have happened. Uh, but today was the inaugural Lou Gehrig Day in Major League Baseball, June 2nd. Uh, it was, I believe this is the 80th anniversary of his retirement, his famous speech where he, you know, I consider myself the luckiest man alive. Uh, and no, no, excuse me. Uh, he passed away 80 years ago today at age 37. Uh, due to his ALS, which is commonly referred to now as Lou Gehrig's disease. I uh, believe the actual name of that is, oh boy. Good luck. Good luck. Amotrophic lateral sclerosis. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that properly. Um, this is, you know, we have Jackie Robinson Day for obvious reasons. All that he did to break the color barrier, and he was also a hell of a player. Um. I think Luke, this is, this is a good day. This is this is good. Lou Gehrig is a guy who, you know, he, he passed away two years after he retired. Uh, he was 35 when he retired and looked like he had, if it wasn't for his illness, many good years left. This guy played in an era with fewer games per season. The baseballs were heavier. Uh, and his stats are incredible for the amount of games he played. He was a true legend. Uh, and this is a Red Sox fan talking about a Yankee, but I can look, I respect the history of the game. I love the game. So I have no problem giving props where they're due. Uh, I can even give him the Jeter now that he's retired. Um, I had, oh, 2,721 hits, 493 home runs, 1,995 RBIs, excuse me, 1,900. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Numbers. We had a lot of numbers here, guys, so I got a little confused there. Uh, 12 consecutive seasons over 300 ended his career with a 340 average in that era with 8,001 career at-bats. If this guy is not a legend, then nobody is. Um, I just wanted to bring it up and discuss it because I thought it was really cool that they have, you know, uh, in addition to Jackie Robinson Day, we have Lou Gehrig Day now as well. Uh, and both men obviously very deserving. So just wanted to give that some praise. And uh, I wasn't aware of it until a few days ago when I, when I was just scrolling through MLB.com. So I wanted to bring it up for those who weren't aware because um, it's good for Major League Baseball to move forward, but it's just as important to remember their history. And I think um, I just looked it up. Uh, Roberto Clemente has a day as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think, yep. I think if – when you look at those three gentlemen, it's not just about them. It's what they've done for the game and what they've done for society. You know, with, with Jackie Robinson, he, he broke the color barrier. And I think Roberto Clemente, as far as uh, Latin players, he broke that barrier as well. Um, and I think when you talk about Lou Gehrig, you're not talking about any, any barriers. You're talking about the disease, um, highlighting the disease and starting a, a movement to try to cure this disease mm-hmm. that it players throughout history. Uh, I think the biggest notable one, uh, much to the chagrin of, of most people is, is Kurt Schilling kind of uh, pushes that uh, narrative of ALS and finding that cure. And, and I think that's why MLB chooses who they choose to celebrate is because these are figures that 
not only moved baseball forward, but moved society forward uh, and were very influential. It, 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 it respects the player and then it respects that they're so hollow that, and I mean that in, in most respect, because they've done more above and beyond for the game that they're going to give them their own day. And it's not like, you know, the worst thing that could happen is 10, 15 years from now um, between, I don't know how many days there are, but between April and September, we have like 30 or 40 different days for players. Now you're just diluting uh, what each one of them mean. Like, I think, I think having these three players, I think defines the history of baseball and defines what it's all about. Absolutely. Oh, anything else? Are you good? I'm good. All right. Thank you very much for listening to episode 131. Uh, If you have any questions or comments on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports-related, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Uh, Get us up on Twitter. That's BCTSpod. Uh, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, or the website, bctspod.com. Now, normally this is where we do the broken record, uh, tell you about, uh, you know, hey, maybe, you know, tell a friend and uh, leave a rating and review if you're so inclined. And those things still stand. Downloads are doing great. Greatly appreciate all your support. Uh, But I'd like to give a little plug to a a friend of mine and uh, the co-host of my other podcast, Average Fan of Wrestling, uh, Jason, who is over at afwcards.com. If you're into sports cards, he has a division break coming up. Uh, there's no date on it. It'll be the date will be set once it's sold out. For sixty-five dollars, you will get a random division, uh, and that'll be you know that'll be randomized the day of right beforehand. Everything's transparent. You'll know exactly what you're getting. Uh, that is sixty-five dollars. There are three score blasters for 2021 and two score fat packs, as well as a random 2020 autograph mini helmet. Uh, which obviously we don't know who it is yet because the box isn't opened. But uh, that is over at afwcards.com. The $65 includes standard shipping. So I myself signed up. So if, if you choose to sign up for that, you'll be doing it right along there with me. Head on over if it's if that's your thing. Sports cards and you're in the card breaks and uh, help support Jason and what he's trying to do there. That'll do it for this episode. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.